Okay. All right. Welcome to the First Baptist Church FBCCs. Our mission is to transform our neighborhood and with the gospel by displaying the love of Christ. So this new members deal today is going to be teaching. It's going to go over four weeks. Uh, we're going to have each week a breakdown into different areas, but we want to have a, a, a church that is centered on spirit-led evangelism, meaningful relationships, biblical instructions, and our chief aim is to glorify God, to grow together, and to give back. We are overjoyed with the decision coveting together with us in this mission that of a Christ-centered church. Here, we want to focus on three things, glorifying God, growing together, and giving back. That's the key for new membership as uh, we develop here at First Baptist Church. Who we are, what we believe, what we expect, what we provide. It is our hope in the next coming four weeks that your love for God and His people will grow and that we will encourage to step out in the ministry of your church. God's called all of us to be a part of the kingdom of God. We believe that this church can do great things and that will be the big part of, of this class. So I'm happy you joined us today. I've got some information that I'll be handing out to you as we begin week one. Uh, Nacho, would you hand these out for me? Now, everybody should be able to get one apiece. I'd like everybody to have one. So this is the first week's lesson. As we go over it, it's going to be kind of, we're going to be using Scripture, so if you have your Bibles, that's great. If not, well, we need to round up some Bibles real quick. Uh, make sure everybody, because their Scripture is going to be in there. But I want us to use the Bible today. I want us to start learning during this, uh, this four-week class to learn to use our Scriptures, uh, the, the, the Bible itself. So week one, what does it mean to be a Christian? That's the thing we want to study about today. What does it mean to be a Christian? We hold a firm conviction that the local church membership can only be held by those who are Christians, thus are part of the Christian church, Christ's church. This then begs the question, what is a Christian. What is a Christian? Emily, I'm so glad you asked that question today because I've got the answer for it this morning. What is it to be a Christian? Here we go. We should look first at our scriptures to determine what a Christian is. And if we look through, Christ, uh, through the entire, take, take the scriptures as a whole, we'll be able to see. Now, some of you could be following through with this here. It's going to be word for word. If you want to take notes, by all means, right on the other side of the page, you can take a few notes here and there. But it seems that on close examination of Scripture describes Christians in five ways. Five ways. A, a Christian in five ways. First, a believer. A convert. A witness. A disciple and a disciple maker. Five ways. Oh, y'all, I didn't, by the way, I didn't mount your pages because I figured you, you might want to 
use those. If you want to take a few minutes and put them in there, as we uh, will, I'll pause for you. I, I meant to do that earlier because I wanted you to mount yourself however you wanted to do it. If you didn't want it in the book, that's fine. If you do want it in the book, that's fine. If you just want to put it in the slots. But I'd like for you to be able to keep these and take them home with you. For each week, I'll be handing you your papers. And so you would have them to take home with you. Uh, you could study and look back over. And each week I'll be giving you some extra literature to go with the lesson plan uh, so you could follow along as you uh, continue to study. But we're going to be taking up this very first uh, situation is what is a Christian? So we're going to begin, first of all, with number one, a believer. Now, I know all of us probably say, and I, I know before we get too deep into this thing, you say, oh, I know all that stuff, Pastor. I know, I, you know, I don't need this. Well, I want you to just work with me on it because I think it's good to review and to go over these things. This is as, as we are as a new member, as a part of uh, FBCC, we need to understand what is a true believer. We all need to have that same concept of what a believer is. A believer is someone who believes certain necessary things about God and Christ. Someone who asserts the proper doctrine and takes the time to learn about God. That's what a believer is. That's what a believer, I truly believe that's if we really focus in. So here's some scriptures to help us out. Uh, let's take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. Just flip over there and we'll look at these verses. I know you're going to have many different translations and I'm going to ask some people to help me read a little bit. Uh, but we want to look at Hebrews 11.6 as we uh, continue to study about what a believer is. So I'm going to ask Miss Barbara, will you read 11.6 for me? You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, Hebrews is a, a, a good word. It's Hebrews. It's not, you know, it's not just the women and men, but Hebrews. I brew the coffee too. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right, so a believer. A believer is one without faith. Uh, without faith, it is impossible to please him. It says, must believe that he is. Who is he in this scripture here? Who is he? It's capitalized in my Bible. I don't know about yours. But who is he? God or Jesus. Jesus is, 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 uh, the, is God. For he who comes to God, comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. So... There's a couple of things here. There's two things that we see here. First of all, that to be a believer, we must believe that He is God. We must believe He is God. And the second thing we got to get is that He rewards us for what? Believing that He is God. What does He reward us with, Miss Barbara? Uh, blessings. Blessings or salvation eternal or eternal life. He rewards us with these blessings. This is basic faith required of these two seeking. Must believe that He is and believe that He will rewards those that are diligently seeking Him. We must, we must believe that God is there and that He will reveal Himself to those that seek Him. So to be a believer, to be a believer, we must believe who He is. Is that it? No. We must also believe that He will reward us for being faithful. 
So it take this this belief is a two phase. Yeah, it's important. You know, a lot of time you hear people go, "Oh, all you got to do is believe Jesus Christ is Lord and, and you're saved." Well, it's more than just believing. We got to believe He is the uh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But we also have to know that He's going to deliver on His promises. You know that He has promised us. So we have to have a twofold there uh, of understanding what He will do for us. The writers of Hebrews does not say that it is difficult to please God without faith. He says that it is impossible. It is impossible to believe that Jesus Christ is God without faith. You know, we can't do it without the faith. So these two elements seem most important. How many profession Christians act as if God we're not alive. You know, if you think about it, a lot of times you see Christians a lot of times today, they, 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 do they really believe that Jesus is alive? You know, they, 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 do they really believe that Jesus is God? You know, they, they go through the motions and everything, but the lack of believing, we have to believe that Jesus is God and he has made a promise to us and he will hold to it. Now, need to read that verses. Uh, turn over with me again to another Romans 10. Verses 9 through 10. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Without the heart, one believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, one confesses, resulting in salvation. Okay, to be a believer, to be a believer, we're talking about what it takes, the five requirements, believer, com converter, uh, so forth, to be a believer in the church today. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will, you will be saved. We do not gain God's righteousness by works. We do not gain God's righteousness by works. Instead, we gain it by confessing and believing in the person and the works of Christ Jesus. So it's important for us to understand that. We have to confess Him to tell Him to be a believer. You gotta, not only have you got to talk about it, I mean, not only do you have to accept it and believe it, but you've got to be able to speak it. So, you know, that's why it's so important for us to understand at this point. You know, confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, now, I know many of you in this in next week, one of the things I'm going to ask some of you to do is to give a testimony. Write your testimony out so you can bring it next Sunday with you. Uh, you know, your, your, your life with Christ. You know, because we have to learn to confess it. Not that you're going to get up and say it. I, you know, that's between you and the Lord. I just want you to write it out so you'll know your testimony. When you got saved, what God did to change your life and the way you're living for Him today in your testimony. Because it's important for you to know who... You know, one of the best ways to share the gospel is to be able to talk to people about your life with Christ. So confessing God is important that we follow Him and carry His message out to those. Let's take your Bibles and turn over to uh, Matthew chapter uh, 18, verse 3. Matthew 18, 3. We're going to talk about converts. Uh, who would like to read for me? Matt, go ahead. All right. Um, and said, 
Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. All right, a convert is someone who has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit from a sinner to a saint. Now, you get this? A convert is someone who has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit from a sinner to a saint. So we have to, we, when we take, a, take a, uh, a look at that, it's important to understand some important parts of being a convert. This is probably the greatest disappointment of all the disciples. Just think about it. When Jesus spoke this to the disciples, when he says you've got to be like a little child, do you understand that the disciples treated children as property? And here the Lord Jesus has said, before you can enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to become like a little child. Just didn't help, them, help their ego whatsoever, I'm sure. It took them that, at that point to be able to understand who they were. Jesus said, we have to take this kind of humble place to enter the kingdom unless you be the greatest in a child was a person of no importance. Children are not threatening. We aren't afraid of meeting them in a dark alley somewhere, are we? Eh, well, maybe today we are. But <laughs> children are a little wild. Children are not good at deceiving. Now, Mom and Dad, I know you're sitting here. Have your kids tried to deceive you in many ways? <laughs> Nacho's going, shh. <laughs> deceiving. Deceiving. Children are really not deceiving. You know what? Children are probably, uh, if you want to think about it, they're probably as straightforward as there is anybody you've ever met. They don't seem to hold anything back, do they? They kind of go straightforward with everything. They're, they're tough with it. and they, they, They're not going to hide. Well, Jesus is saying, you know what? You've got to be like that. You can't be deceiving. You can't, you, you know, you're important. You can't be hiding from others. The child is held up as an idea, not of innocence, purity, or faith, but of humility and concern and the status quo. And that's what Jesus wants us to look at. Not that you're going to be a little child and act like childish things. He said, be like a child in their humanity. Otherwise, simple, straightforward, understanding, and clear. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Jesus knew that we must be converted to be like a little child. It isn't natural for us to take the low places of humbling ourselves. You know, humbling ourselves is probably one of the hardest things to do. You know, we live in a society today, especially in the church today, we want people to, to say, hey, wow, there's a Pastor Travis Benefield. Oh, wow, there's someone else, you know? People, you know, we want, to, we want to be held up in esteem. But Jesus has said, listen, you got to get rid of that pride. you got to get rid of it and humble yourself like a child. And be like a child and accept what he says in this situation here. So we got to understand that. Uh, Nacho, read uh, 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 2 Corinthians 5.17 for me. Okay. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what is a Christian? What is a Christian? A new creation. Not only do we need to humble ourselves like a child, we've got to become a new creation in Christ. 
It says, that, you know, it, it, this is a, a promise for anyone. Anyone, it doesn't matter what class, what race, what nationality, what language, or what level of intelligence. Anyone can be a new creature in Christ. He, this is a promise to anyone that has this new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Paul teaches here, uh, teaches the great principle of regeneration. Jesus Christ changes those who come to him by faith and who are in Christ. The saved are not just forgiven. They are changed into a new creation. They are changed into a new creation. So as you're working on your testimony next week, as you're at home and you're, you're sitting down and you're writing it out and you're, you're planning it, some of you probably already have this done and, and that's great. But as you work on your testimony, I want you to begin to think about what does that look like? What does that look like, that new creature in Christ? What does that creature look like? You used to be the, the, this way, the old man. Now that you're the new man. Uh, you know, what does that creature look like inside of you as, you as you grow to understand what Christianity is about? Now, I know you're saying, oh, I can't write that. I ain't nobody going to. No, nobody's going to see it but you. Nobody's going to see it but you. But you've got to learn to get to that point. It is, it is unfamiliar for us to expect those who are not in Christ to live as if they are new creatures. However, it is not unfair to expect a changed life from people who say they are Christians. You know, when the people call out to be a Christian, they need to know it's important. It's important that who you are, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, if you say that you're a Christian, you need to stand on that. You need to stand on that. We had a, a little party yesterday uh, for Tucker, uh, Tuck, not Tucker, but Caleb's birthday. And uh, we were all at this time. And the, some of the parents stayed and everything. And so I'm sitting there at my table. And this on the other table over there is a group of parents. Are all They were all cutting up. And, uh, and, and I was talking with them too. We were, we were carrying on a conversation. And one of the girls... Ladies, not girls, lady, parent. She did something that was very vulgar. And I go, hey, what'd you do? Like that. You know, I says, what are you doing? And she goes, <coughs> you know, she blew me off, you know. Like, hey, you know. I and the other girl leaned over and says, he's a pastor. <laughs> and this girl turned four shades of red. She goes, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I am a Christian. <laughs> you know, how, how, how worthy is her word? You know, how worthy is her word? You know, I know we make mistakes and we mess up, but that's it. But you know, she she says, I do good. I, I'm okay, you know. But those are just simple little things that we have to see. You know, when we talk about this new creature, we talk about the importance of, of us demonstrating who we are. This is important. The turn is just not turning over a new leaf or getting your act together. It's a complete change of who you used to be to where you are now. What is your story? What is your story in that situation? 
All things have become new is the language God, perfection, recreation in God. God wants to do new things in our life. He don't want us to continue to do the old things. The man is not mended, but he is a new man. Otherwise, God don't go in there and correct him a little bit. He don't fix it, this and that. He fixes the whole thing or he don't fix anything. So if you're still saying, well, I'm still flawed. Well, we're all flawed to a point. But you know what? We're forgiven, though. And we have to hold on to that today. So the man is not just put together. I, you know, I, I, for the sake of time, but I'm going to do it anyway because I, I think it's important. I, I love to read Spurgeon. I like to read some of Spurgeon's quotes and stuff like that. I think uh, uh, Spurgeon is good. But here's what he says about a new creature. The work of a new creature is even greater than God's work of creating the world. Wow, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty profound, I think. My brethren, it was more difficult if such terms are very applicable to the Almighty. It was more difficult to create a Christian than to create a world. What was there to begin with when God made the world? There was nothing. But nothing could not stand in God's way. It was at least passive. But my brethren, in our hearts, while there was nothing that could help, could help God, there was much that and did oppose Him. Our stubborn will, our deep prejudice, our ingrained love for iniquities, all these great, all these great God opposed these and aimed and twerked thy design. Yes, great God, it was great to make a world, but greater to create the new creature in Christ Jesus. Spurgeon is saying, you know what? God has such an awesome task to create new creatures because of all the sin that we have in our life. And we need to learn to grow past that sin nature so that it'll be easy for God. Let's look at our next uh, term here, witness. Uh, Rebecca, you want to read for me uh, Acts 1.8? I'll give you an easy one. Acts 1.8. All right, Acts 1.8. So we, we, we see here, uh, uh, being a disciple, a witness. Uh, notice, if you got your, if you got your, you got your scripture tied up there, it says, but you will receive power. I want you to notice something that's very important in that very first part of that, that verse of Acts. Notice that it really wasn't a command. It's not a command. It was just simply a fact. A statement of fa fact. Otherwise, he didn't say, I command you to go. He just says, hey, look, I will give you the power that you can go. A statement of fact. You can't go. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, I, I just can't share my faith with somebody? As a Christian, we need to learn to share our faith. You say, well, I can't do it. Well, guess what? Where's your excuse not to be able to do it? Because according to the scripture here, according to 1.8, he gives us the power 
Where's the power come from? The Holy Spirit. He gives us the power when we become a believer and we understand what He's going to give us and we know by faith of where we stand, there's no doubt in our life, we know that He is going to do these things that He promised. Wow. Because He's given us the power to do it by giving us the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't recommend that we become witnesses. He said that, that we would be a witness. We would be a witness for Christ. If we want to be a witness, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The best training program of evangelism is, a, uh, is of a little effect without the Holy Spirit. Now, we can go out and talk to people about Jesus Christ, can't we? But if we don't see conversion, if we don't see people coming to Christ because of what we're sharing with them, we don't see people beginning to grow then we have to ask ourselves, do we have the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to do it. We have to understand that He's going to lead us and guide us and give us the strength to be able to do those things through His, uh, through his power. So we need the Holy Spirit. Look at uh, uh, Acts twenty two fourteen for me. Ted, would you read that one for me? Acts 22, starting in verse 14. Then he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the voice, the sound of his voice. For you will be a witness for him to all people for what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized, and wash away your sins by calling on his name. All right. <clears throat> so here he goes on after he tells us where we need to go to Jerusalem. Judea and uttermost parts of the world. He says for us as a one encapsulated duty to everyone before God to know his will, to see the just one, Jesus, and to hear the voice of his mouth, his word. So it's important for us to know where we're going. Now Jerusalem is talking about there in 1.8, talking about Jerusalem is our community, where we're at. Judea and Samaria is going out into like Florida and different areas right here. The uttermost parts is in those third world countries. And like I said in my sermon a couple of weeks ago, you know what? Uh, <clears throat> We are called to share the gospel. And one of the things we'll be talking on later on is the, uh, the Baptist Association that we're a part of. We contribute part of our, our uh, tithes and offerings go to the Baptist Association. Now, they do reach foreign people through the uh, Baptist missions. And we have uh, over 400 mission, oh, no, 4,000 uh, missionaries out there doing missionary work. So we are reaching out to the uttermost parts of the world through our tithes and offerings. But that don't mean you can't go too. And that doesn't mean that you stop not going in your local community. So being a witness is so important for us, but we've got to understand who we are as a witness. We have been called to be His witness in His community. And it's important for us to, to understand who we are as we share the gospel with Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go ahead and look at uh, uh, Matthew 10, 24 through 25, uh, being a disciple. <clears throat> Who would like to read that for me? Okay, Miss Barber. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. Okay, simply put, a disciple should not expect to be treated any better than Jesus was treated. If they call Jesus himself Satan, how much worse 
should his disciples be expected? You know, as a disciple of Christ, as we look at here at being a disciple, you know, we look at, be, you know, what it be uh, to be a Christian. We have to know that we, we are uh, a believer, a witness, a convert, a disciple. To be in a disciple of Jesus Christ, we, you know, they're, they're, you're going to be called different names. You're going to be talked about in so many that. But our goal of both disciple and servant of Jesus, we simply want to be like our teacher and master. So if you, are, if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, which is a Christian, you need to understand what's required of you. What's required of each member of the church, what's required of those that believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, is to be like Him. Amen? We are to be like Christ, to be a disciple. We have to understand and, and follow Him uh, and, and look at the goal. Now, my favorite go-to verse, and uh, I know in front of your book, I was going to ask all of you this week, right in front of, in the front panel, if you open it up in that white page, if you're not taking notes there, but right in that page right there, I want you to give me your go-to verse. Write down your go-to verse. Uh, my go-to verse a lot of times is Deuteronomy, and that's where we're going to go to. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. And I'm going to ask uh, Brother Matt to read that for me because I, I love this verse. I love this verse. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Go ahead. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. All right, so where should these commandments be? Everywhere. Where? Everywhere. 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 Could you imagine placing them... You know, Anita, y'all all know, Anita and I do house cleaning. You know, we go into people's houses and stuff like that. One of the things that there's one customer we have, she's got scripture painted on her wall. She's got it on her door. She's got it all over the place in, at her, in her bedroom. Wherever she's at, in her bathroom, there's scriptures. And, and she paints them on the wall. And they're not just painted up. They're really choreographed up. It looks good. But everywhere you go in her home, you'll see scripture. Sometimes she just got it pinned up there on a note. But uh, she took this verse seriously. And that's the way we need to be telling. Now, I'm, I'm not telling you to go home and redecorate your house with scripture everywhere. The main thing is to have it here in your heart. The word of God in your heart. And, and use this as... It says, uh, because Jesus has the authority and we are therefore commanded to go. And if we're to go... What, what should we go with? We should go with the Word of God. We should have it in our hearts where we can take it to. You shall bind it in. It says, by the time Jesus and the Jewish people base their practice of wearing these things, uh, you know, it, Jesus began to discipline them because they became too much. And we don't want to be too much to the point, you know, the Pharisees walked around with them taped on their heads and on their arms and everywhere. I'm not saying that, but you know what? If we have them in our heart, the scriptures that God gives us as a Christian, we can be a good witness. Let's look at our very last one, disciple maker. Disciple maker. 28, 20, uh, 18 through 20. Uh, Anita, read that one for me. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority hath been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. 
Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So, the command is to make disciples, not merely converts or supporters. The idea behind the word disciple is a scholar, learner, or student. So we have been commanded to go and to make disciples. Where? Every place. No matter where it is. We, whatever you do. You say, well, uh, you know, I go to the same place every day. Well, sometimes we just need to start sharing the gospel there. You know, whatever you do, every, every how you go, whatever you do, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them. It's important. We don't talk a whole lot about baptism no more. It just seems like people don't want to hear. But, you know, baptism is very important that we, we understand. Now, does baptism get you saved? No. No. has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation. It has everything to do with who you are. But it has nothing to do with your salvation. Only through Jesus Christ, you're, saved. you're, you're to be obedient, you're to be baptized. Well, that tells me a whole lot. If someone says, well, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but I don't care anything about baptism. What is that a picture of? Rebellion. Rebellion. Is that Christ-like? No. So, so when someone gets, oh, well, I don't want that. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to do that. Well, I can't. I can't go under the water. And some people are terrified of going under the water. You know, and, and that's okay. But he says that he will give us the power to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So it's important that we understand making disciples carrying them out, baptizing them. Jesus told them to go to all nations. He did not uh, change his mind on that. Instead, they were to baptize them, suggested breaking with traditional Jewish. The word and context certainly indicate that it is a disciple who are baptized. So we've got to understand baptism is important in the church today. So as we be, we're going to close out real quick here because we've got to get on to some stuff. Uh, I'm going to share with you real quickly here uh, so uh, recap it very very quickly here uh, what are the five what are the five things to make a Christian what are the five things to make a Christian <laughs> what are the five things to be a Christian believer, convert um, witness, disciple and disciple maker alright Repeat them again. Believer, witness, disciple, disciple, maker. All right. Well, what if you're just a believer and a witness? Are you a Christian? No. How can you witness if you don't believe? Okay. Well, I said if you're a believer and you're a witness, are you a Christian? Oh, I thought you said if you're a believer okay. but not a witness. No, I said, if you're a believer and a witness, are you a Christian? Yes. Yes. No, well, no. Perhaps you are a Christian who needs growth. Okay. <laughs> you're growing. <laughs> you got the gray area, huh? <laughs> you know what it takes all five. It's sort of, yeah. you know, we got to understand it takes. You got to be a believer. You got to believe. You got to be converted. You got to be a disciple maker. You got to be a, a disciple. And also you got to be a witness. So, you know, to be a true Christian, a mature Christian, let's just use, are you a mature Christian? Okay, to be a mature Christian, you got to be all five. 
You got to be able to share your faith. You got to be able to tell people about Christ. You got to discover the it's it's good to, to believe. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we in the church have come to the point of saying, oh, well, I'm, all you got to do is ask Jesus Christ in your heart and believe. And that's all you got to do. That's not it. There's so much more. And I don't want to paint a picture that, that will cause you to stumble and fall. I want you to grow here in our church as we continue to march forward. So as we see this happening, now I want you to take, as I close out here, I want you to take this book. Yes, sir. Oh, I was going to just say, you know, we use that term, believe. The term believe is a lot more than just accepting that something is. You know, we've said it, you've said it lots of times, the, the, devils are, the devil and his fallen angels believe that Christ is the Son of God, mm -hmm. but they're not saved. Right. So, you know, we have to have a full understanding of what it means to believe because a lot of people, like you say, they take, they, they're very literal and they say, well, yeah, I believe that's true, but the term belief encapsulates a lot more than just understanding that something is a fact. That's right. So it, it digs deep. Okay, uh, take your books. Uh, like I said, in this one side over here, write your go-to verse. And then on a sheet of paper, write your testimony, and you just put it in your pouch. And then next week, we'll go into week two. Week two is we, uh, we'll, we'll be looking in week two next time. So uh, let's close with a word of prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish up and wrap up what we need to do for getting ready for church. Okay, let's pray. Praise Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your time today, Father. As this new members class continues to grow, Father, I would just ask you, as we take on week two, that we discover more and more about what you want us to be as a good Christian, a believer, a convert, a witness, a disciple, and a disciple maker, Lord, to continue to walk us through your path. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.